Well, I guess the offseason is officially here. I know OU still has a uh, bowl game to play in in about a month's time, but we are uh, feeling the effects of the offseason already. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a report that Theo Weiss uh, intends to enter into the transfer portal, which is not that big of a surprise, Parker, but driving to the station this morning, I thought, you know, I mean, it wasn't great on Saturday, but someone like Theo Weiss played by far and away his best game of the year and one of the best games of his career. Maybe uh, if he decides to come back, maybe he finally lives up to that five-star. No, nope. he's off into the he's portal. So forget about He may live up to the five-star billing, but it sounds like it's going to be somewhere else. And it sounds like it might be a Pac-12 soon-to-be uh, Big Ten school. Next season. Yeah, that's so. what it sounds like. And all, all those people that immediately tweeted, we'll be cheering for you wherever you go, are d- deleting those tweets expediently if that turns out to be the case. But, yeah, man, Theo Weiss, just one of those guys that just it never clicked for him at Oklahoma. For one reason or another, just never clicked. The injuries have something to do with that, man. He had such a good year in 2020 when he was fully healthy. And he was option number two in that passing attack. At times, option number one. Yeah. Really, on third down, he was option number one for sure. But... Man, it's just that after that point, and obviously, like I said, the foot injury played into it, certainly. But, uh, yeah, one of those guys that just for his own good probably needs a change of scenery at this point. You can't really uh, can't really hold it against him for wanting to pursue another situation. Uh, text line's already popping, so you guys know the drill. We'll do our best to get to all of those today. Not a big loss. Would rather see Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson or Petaway, et cetera. Yeah, like, oh, you can certainly fill the void of one Theo Weiss. Yeah, um, again. They, they definitely can, for sure. Um, and we'll see. Like, I, I like I like the upside of Jaden Gibson, but you guys have heard me say it multiple times. When he's put in positions to make a play, he's got to do a better job of catching the football. That, that's where his shortcomings were this year. Hey, yep. Nick Anderson's got to find a way to stay healthy, and we'll see about Petaway. We'll, we'll see about that being the case. Um, Theo Weiss went to Allen. Oh, interesting that you just completely skipped over Micah Tease. Um, yeah, well, I, I had it <laughs> written down for today. I mean, uh, because Anthony Evans decommitted on Friday during the middle of the show. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess we can definitely continue that conversation of Micah Tease, we thought immediately should be the plan to go. I mean, is that is that still the case after the weekend? Is there is there the thought that all right you lost out on Anthony Evans Micah teases? I mean my thought has always been if there was an opportunity for Micah Tease to play wide receiver at Oklahoma he wasn't going to turn it down. So assuming OU continues to press him to replace Anthony Evans that position in the class I I believe Micah Tease ends up in this class. Yeah. And I think a lot of people around here would be happy to see Micah Tease added to this class. Um, you know, there's just such a somber mood around the program right now. Can anything happen in recruiting to make this feel better? Because nobody feels good about things right now, and I think there's some people nervous about what the future might hold for this program even next year. I'm not saying everybody, but obviously there's some people that are nervous about the way that things are headed here. Is there anything in recruiting that can make this feel better? Can you go out and get Peyton Bowen, David Hicks, and Cecilia Kana, three top 100 players? Would even that make this thing feel any better? Or is just 6-6 six and six such a bad spot to be that nothing is going to create any sort of positive momentum heading into the offseason? Man, I, don't know. I, I mean, you can have recruiting wins down the stretch, and I think you will, but at the end of the day, I think 6-6 six and six is 6-6. Six and six. And 
there's going to be some apprehension and there's going to be some negativity heading into next season, regardless of what the recruiting class ultimately looks like. I think the one avenue that you can take where you can kind of beef things up and get people feeling good is, well, who do you add in the portal? Who do you pick up that can be an instant plug-and-play contributor for this program? Because what you do in the portal between now and, say, February – that could that could loom large oh, in yeah. all of this. We we already have uh, loyal listeners tweeting at us before the show. Different guys that are in the transfer portal, basically asking, uh, should OU and is OU going to be interested in these guys? Dustin M on Twitter was tweeting us screenshots of Cade McNamara, a Michigan quarterback in the portal. I think that's a pass to me. Uh, Trey Sanders from Alabama's in the portal. Sent us a picture of him. Um, I think you're okay at running back. And then he sent one more. I can't remember who it is. But, yeah, portal season is going to be – the month of December is going to be one where we are constantly monitoring who's in the portal, how can you close with this 23 class. Like, this is this is a huge month, I think, for the future of the program, and especially next year, man. Because, like you said, who you add in the portal – and who you close with in this 23 class is massive. And I don't think anything's going to help anyone feel better about a 6-6 six and six season, but you need some positive momentum, Parker Thune, and I think you need another splash in this recruiting class before it's all said and done. I think Peyton Bowen could give you that splash. I think David Hicks could certainly give you a splash. But it feels to me like you need one of those two before we wrap up this 23 class. Yeah, no You doubt. need one of those guys. Also, I didn't realize there was a rumor going around that Jalil Farouk was going to enter the portal. Really? Uh, I hadn't heard I, that either. I, I will say this. I have heard quite the opposite with regard to Jalil Farouk. I, yeah, I don't think. I mean, they, they did a lot of things to get him the football this year. And if he comes back next year, well, I, I shouldn't say if he comes back because I expect him to come back. But if Marvin Mims comes back next year, then Jalil Farouk's going to eat because he'll have Marvin Mims opposite him, drawing the vast majority of the defensive attention. If Marvin Mims doesn't come back next year, then there's not really any question as to who the number one wide receiver in this offense is. And I think even even if Mims were to come back, now if Mims were to come back, I would say that he's probably going to be your number one wide receiver, but I think we'll have off-season conversation of if Jaleel Farouk can be the number one guy over Marvin Mims. Like He'll certainly have that opportunity. I'd, I'd be surprised to see Jaleel Farouk go elsewhere. Oh, gosh. Very surprised. Somebody asked if Jeff Levy would take the Tulsa job. No, he would not take the Tulsa job. Why why would Jeff Levy take the Tulsa job? I guess that's what that's what we have come to the Monday after the conclusion of the regular season. Uh what about Kyrie Jackson? Javon that was the other really that was friends. the other tweet that we got, yes. About he in the portal. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me. And the Sooners, like, here's the thing. I've heard conflicting things as far as Woody Washington's future plans, and I know C.J. Colden is undecided right now. Yeah, that'd be nice to get so, C.J. Colden back. If next you year. can get Woody Washington and C.J. Colden back, I would say Tyler, you're actually feeling pretty dang good about the secondary in 2023. But if you lose one or both of those guys, that's where the doubt kind of starts to creep in. If Brian Brzee is still open to transferring here, BV should say yes this time. I, I think Brian Brzee, isn't he draft eligible? I think he's probably going to the NFL yes. draft after yes, this is. year. So, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. That would be an immediate plug and play. Maybe an all-conference, and all-American type of guy. But I don't think Brian Brzee is going to be playing for the Oklahoma Sooners Man, next year. Man, the rumor mill is spinning a mile a minute. Somebody said any word on Jeff Scott possibly being OU wide receivers coach slash co-offensive coordinator. 
I I would not expect Jeff Scott to get that gig at this time. There are two names that I think are going to be <laughs> I, I let me put it this way. I think it's going to be one of two individuals. If you're a VIP on OUinsider.com, neither of those names are uh you're not a stranger to either of those names, I should say. And if you've been paying attention, kind of reading between the lines, uh, following the smoke on social media and elsewhere, I think both of those two names yeah. probably are no secret to you either. And one of those names, to me, Parker, is about as much of a home run hire as you could get at a wide receiver's coach. I would say both of them are about yeah. as much of a home yeah, run Yeah, no, I, I, I find that. But there's one in particular that I look at and say, wow, a lot of teams – Wanted this guy, what, last year, um, this guy can really, like, his strong suit is recruiting, and he's the type of guy that can, sure, help you recruit really good wide receivers, but maybe even have an impact on guys at other positions, um, you know, across the team, which would be big. From the Air Coverage Solutions text line, I don't know why Parker keeps being so certain that Mike Atiz is a slam dunk for OU. Why would he, de- he decommit from a 6-6 six and six Arkansas to a 6-6 six and six OU? By the way, Parker was certain that Anthony Evans was no threat to leave OU, so why should he be so sure of T's? First off, as far as the Evans conversation is concerned, I said on the show I'm not saying that Anthony Evans doesn't decommit or doesn't flip to Georgia. I'm just saying I can't confirm that there is legitimate fire to the smoke. Which I couldn't, no one could, because Anthony Evans' flip to Georgia came as a surprise to everybody. He didn't inform his peers, uh, the other commits in the class, until about five minutes beforehand. So, again, I, you know, it is what it is with the Anthony Evans deal. Uh, family wanted him at Georgia, but as far as Mike Atiz is concerned, that is not an apples to apples comparison between him and Anthony Evans in any capacity because Mike Atiz is a lifelong Sooner fan. Yeah, and his brother It's not a secret. Here. His brother plays here. It's not a – Mike yeah. Atiz's affinity for OU is not a secret to anybody. 918, can we get a sample of who you are talking about? Hmm, very nice text there, 918. Can we find a defensive coordinator in the portal, says the 405. 918, word on Braden Willis playing the bowl game. He said after, like, it would, it's playing. not even a decision. Yeah. Braden Willis is going to play in the bowl game. Braden Willis is that dude. Yeah. If you had a locker room full of Braden Willis's, man, that's championship DNA. Quinn Ewers portal with Manning coming on campus, uh, doubtful, but uh, as we've said multiple times, that Texas quarterback competition is going to be fascinating. Which, by the way, Arch Manning uh, lost this weekend. He is out of the playoffs. 8 of 21 for 96 yards and two touchdowns in a 49-13 loss. His only two interceptions of the year came again uh, came this weekend uh, when he was knocked out of the playoffs. So no state title game for Newman. Jackson Arnold, on the other hand, I mean he wasn't necessarily great through the air, just eight of sixteen for 162 yards. But dude had 23 carries for 154 yards and three touchdowns and a 59-41 win over Byron Nelson. Uh, yeah, that boy good. That boy real good. I like uh, I like the fact that this guy can run the ball 23 times for over 150 yards. Yeah, he's me thinks, mobile, man. He thinks that could be a uh, very nice asset for the OU offense whenever he's the starting quarterback. He is sneaky mobile. And again, like I, Jackson Arnold is not going to be Jalen Hurts, and he's not going to be Kyler Murray, and he's not going to be Caleb Williams. I don't think he's that good of a runner. Those three guys are elite runners at the quarterback position. But I like I think he's very similar to make Baker Mayfield in that regard, where he's always a legit threat to keep the ball on the read option. If he gets outside the pocket, he can scramble, make plays, and hurt you with his legs. And 
it's just something that you're always going to have to account for as an opposing defense. The reality that at any point, this kid can tuck and run and hurt us with his legs. Twitter was comparing Marvin Mims playing in the bowl game to Carl's Jr. last year. People think he's transferring as well. Um, we'll, we'll see about the future of Marvin Mims. I, I, I think that that is, would you say out of anyone, that's maybe the one that's most up in the air on what he's going to do next year? I think Marvin Mims is, a, is kind of an interesting case on what's going to happen there. Now, I think he said all the right things after the game, right? Didn't Eric Gray even say that he was going to play in the bowl game? So there's a lot of time, you know, there's, what, about a month until you're going to play in a bowl game. I think that uh, a lot of those projections have them playing Wisconsin in a bowl game on December 27th out in Phoenix. So you got about a month. Those guys were saying the right things. Let's see if they actually play in the bowl game or not. Yeah, we had a listener say, why listen to the show if any news of substance is only through a VIP membership? Listen, I'm sorry, I don't do that a whole heck of a lot. But I will say there are just some things, there's some news that it makes sense not to regurgitate openly on the radio because of the way that those things can be taken and spun. And uh, Just listen to the hints. There was a, a hint immediately after we just talked about that. I read a text. Yeah. Uh, I'm sick and tired of people calling for firing the defensive coordinator, says one listener. I agree with Teddy. The players were in position all night long to make plays, and they didn't do it. We need more Jimmys and Joes. And that's that. That's really what it's about to me. Is Ted Roof back as defensive coordinator in 2023? I don't think so. I don't know. I would think not. But it's a lot more about the guys on the field and the guys – calling the place. All right, we got about 100 texts this first segment. Keep them coming. 405-651-3439. You know we'll do our best to get to all of those. We'll run down some OU recruiting. We'll even uh, talk about the disaster that happened in Lubbock on Saturday. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Suter fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the Homo Sooner fans. Tyler McComas and Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver studios, and in case you missed it, there's a report out. It's about an hour old, but Theo Wee's expected to enter into the transfer portal. Uh, we'll see how many more that there will be over the course of the next month. And this is uh, this this kind of ends the legacy, I guess, of the three five-star wide receiver trio that were a part of the 2019 class and yeah, you know, was last man standing as, as celebrated as that 2019 class was, which was Muleshoe's highest ranked class. I believe 24 seven had it at number six. Yep. It was just a very, um, not very productive tenure for, uh, you know, most of the, or really all of those guys. Theo Weiss had the best career out of the three, but just a, a, a lot of complications from that the three, that trio of uh, five-star wide receivers. Well, most of the complications involved Trajan Bridge. Yes, true. But. Yes. But none of them are going to finish their career at OU. No. Which is crazy. And look, you got some decent production out of Hazelwood and Weiss in their time in an OU uniform. But, man, I we, we spun through that entire 2019 class for Oklahoma at the bottom of last hour, uh, me and Steely. And you know what? Let's just we'll, – we'll do this whole exercise again. Yeah, because I thought it was interesting. I just looked at it throughout the break. I, a lot of misses. It's astonishing, man. It's astonishing how many misses there are, honestly. So, 
if we're talking straight high school commits, so we're going to exclude Ramondre Stevenson because he came from the JUCO circuit. Now, Ramondre Stevenson did turn out to be a really good eval and a really good player at the University of Oklahoma, and he's been really good in the NFL. But he came from the JUCO circuit. So if we're just talking about players that came straight out of high school to Oklahoma in this recruiting class, here's who you got. Jaden Hazelwood, transferred. Spencer Rattler, transferred. Theo Weiss, transferred. Trajan Bridges, ECU, baby, ECU Tigers, let's go. I don't know if he's going to commit there. I know he has an offer from him. I'm, I'm Dismissed gonna, from the team. I'm going to count how many guys are, will not finish their career at OU. In this 2019 class, Muleshoe's highest-rated class, number six. So the first four names that you mentioned will not finish their career at OU. Okay? Make it five, Austin Stogner. Yep. Jay Cradell. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he's Medically on the coaching staff. He's on the coaching staff. I mean, he technically did finish his career here. Uh, Stacy Wilkins. He transferred. Yep. Uh, Woody Washington, he's been all right. He's probably been the best out of any of them. Joseph Wete, quit football. Jaden Davis, still on the team. Hasn't done a whole lot of anything since his freshman year. Marcus Stripling, again, still on the team. Hasn't contributed a whole heck of a lot. EJ Nadomo Ogar, transferred. He's now at Missouri. Seven. Marcus Major, uh, he's still here, I guess. Marcus Hicks, again, he's still here, I guess. Jamal Morris transferred. David Aguebu, he's been a starter, a pretty average one. Marcus Alexander, he is still here, but has not – I has he played at all? Uh, I, I don't even I know don't if I don't think he has game. appeared. Uh, Corey Roberson, still here, has really not played at all. Jonathan Perkins, he did not last long at Oklahoma. Nor did Derek Green. He's now at Vanderbilt. Ty D. Arman transferred. He's now at SMU, I believe. And that's it. Yeah, you got the like guys, you 10, go guys? 10, 11 guys, man. Yeah. Wow. Just um, there, there's a lot of misses in that class, and that's 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 hurt you, man. Ramondre Stevenson's the best player out of the group, but he was suspended for, what, half of the 2020 season? So you didn't even get necessarily the full effect of, uh, of Ramondre Stevenson. So... No, that's tough. A&M already has a couple of portal entries. We expect more for OU. Theo Weiss wasn't a surprise, but he certainly, I think he qualifies as a big name. Definitely a well-known name since he uh, came into OU as a five-star player. I, uh, I, I just wonder how many true surprises that we are going to see with portal entries for OU. Certainly there's going to be you know, a decent number of guys that hit the portal. I'm just wondering, like, what? How many names that enter the portal do we say, oh, wow, I didn't see that one coming? Probably not that many. Uh, I think I, – I know – I so obviously, like I said, uh, Weiss was kind of expected to transfer behind the scenes, but I think that was one – to the casual fan, that was probably a little bit surprising. That wasn't one that was on the top of their list as far as guys that were probably on their way out. So I I don't know – well, and, you know, surprises are surprises naturally, but – I don't know if there are going to be any other big-name guys whose departures come as a massive surprise. Yeah. Doug and Norman says, now let's talk about the 2023 class. It's highly touted by you guys, but how many misses will there be? I don't know, Doug. That we haven't seen any of these guys play college football yet. I have no idea uh, which of these guys are going to be bust or not. I, I think that most of these guys, especially your higher-rated players, are going to have a chance to play relatively early on. I don't think that Jackson Arnold is going to be a miss. I don't think that P.J. Atabare is going to be a miss. If P.J. Atabare is a miss, man, 
if barring injury, that dude does not have a highly successful career in Oklahoma, I might just quit my job because, yeah. oh, man, he's a freak. Yeah. Well, and if Jackson Arnold is any sort of a miss, then, yeah, you're going to be in real big trouble moving forward. Yeah. Real big trouble. Yeah. So it's, that- and, and I think the refreshing thing is with guys like that, you know, there are certain highly rated prospects where maybe the character is a red flag, the work ethic is a, is a red flag, they're undeniably talented, but you can see an avenue for things to go sideways for them once they get to the collegiate level. You don't get that sense with many, if any, of these commits in the 2023 cycle for Oklahoma. Just shows you that five stars don't always mean anything. That's from the 580. Uh, one more, 918. You have no permission to bring up Mule Shoes Jet Sweep again until Levy atones for Saturday in a big way. I'm not saying that Jeff Levy was perfect on Saturday. Like, I, I'm definitely not saying that. There, there were some questionable calls that he had, but I'm sorry, man. Like, If you want to point all of your anger and disappointment from Saturday onto Jeff Levy, I think you need to d- redirect your anger. The offense scored 48 points. Like, let, Let's all remind ourselves. I, I know that we're used to having to score 50 points around here to win football games, but that's not how it should be. Scoring 48 points, Parker, should have been enough for you to win this football game and should have been enough for you to win this game by double digits. I know that Levy's taken some arrows, and as long as he's the offensive coordinator here, he's going to continue to take a lot of arrows by the fan base, but I'm sorry, the offense was good enough to win. There were some disappointing things that happened. I was disappointed that they didn't, um, after the interception, go score a touchdown and instead they settled for a field goal. I was disappointed by that. I was disappointed by the possession in overtime. But still, you score 48 points, you have close to 700 total yards, you should win the football game. So I, you blame whoever you want for this game, and you can throw Jeff Levy in there, but do not make him the main target for the loss on Saturday. Yeah. Um. I, it's it's unfathomable to me the fact that you just surrendered 51 points to a seven and five football team and people are mad at the offensive coordinator. Like again, could Jeff Levy have been better this year? Absolutely. Could Dylan Gabriel have been better this year? Absolutely. Nobody is immune from blame with regard to the six and six campaign that we just witnessed from the Sooners. But Levy and Gabriel are far far down this team's list of most conspicuous issues. Um, so we talk about Anthony Evans decommitting on Friday of last week. Is anyone after this weekend or just kind of, you know, the, the, the past recent days, is anyone on decommit watch? Because as, as I look through the commitments, I, I can't necessarily point at one particular player and say, all right, Parker, he's on decommit watch. But is there anyone that we really need to keep an eye on here down the stretch? Well, I'll tell you what, you're beginning to see a common thread, right? And it's guys that visit elsewhere. Caleb Spencer visited elsewhere, decommitted. Colton Vosick visited elsewhere, decommitted. Anthony Evans visited elsewhere. Guess what? Decommitted. So, if there comes a point at which a kid visits elsewhere, I don't care where it is. I don't care how much smoke there is. At that point, you're going to have no choice but to take the possibility of a decommitment seriously simply because, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But, you know, if it happens three times – there's obviously a pattern. Well, everyone that's uh, messed around with the you know visit rule um, has eventually landed elsewhere, right? <laughs> um, you lost a wide receiver commit to to Oregon um, earlier this cycle. You had Colton Vosick that was taking visits to Texas, Anthony Evans to Georgia, and Caleb Spencer to uh, Miami, right? So everyone who's taken a visit elsewhere 
is now committed elsewhere. Yeah. And I think everyone that you have committed right now um, hasn't taken a visit elsewhere, or at least that we know of. Yeah. Somebody, first off, somebody asked, Clayton Smith gone. Yes, he's no longer with the program. Uh, heard Macari Vickers' dad was talking about OU fans being too judgmental. Any truth to that? I mean, yes, too judgmental. I mean, I, 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 did he say that on Twitter? Like, he did say that on Twitter. Nice. I can tell. Uh, any truth to that being any truth to the fact that he tweeted that or any truth to OU fans being too judgmental? Because uh, yes on both fronts. Uh, let's see. I knew this would be a difficult year, but dear God, I'm so tired of losing. Yeah, this team um, in the past was great, Parker. At f- Even if they played like garbage for two and a half, three quarters, sometimes three and a half quarters, they'd always make a play at the end of the game on uh, offense or defense to win a game. Th- this team just didn't have it this year, man. They could not close out games. When the going got tough, one side of the ball would really cave and give up a big, give up a big score to lose. Somebody said P.J. went to Ohio State. No, P.J. did not go to Ohio State. No. As a matter of fact, TCU called P.J. a few weeks back and asked him how committed he was to Oklahoma and if he'd like to start considering TCU as a potential option, and P.J. shut that down. That kid's committed to Oklahoma. You know where he was last Saturday? At Oklahoma. Watching the Sooners take down the Pokes in Bedlam. Seems like your two highest-rated players, Jackson Arnold and uh, P.J. Atabare, they have both become annoyed with all the questions, you know? Um, and, and I get it. I mean, it's been the toughest season, the most losses since 1998 around here. So naturally, people are going to ask, well, are you still committed to Oklahoma? Are you going to be looking around? But it seems like those two guys have really just been like, God, just shut up, everyone. I'm committed to OU, and I'm going to play at OU, so stop asking. Uh, by the way. There's something positive. Yeah, somebody said Lewis Carter visited Auburn. A, Lewis Carter did not visit Auburn. But B, I will say this. Pay attention to who Auburn hires as their next head coach because Lewis Carter's high school coach has a lot of ties to Auburn. I know there were a lot of people in Lewis Carter's circle that were trying to push him to Auburn. So we talk about the uh, the new coach luster right? The recruiting surge that inevitably comes with the hiring of a new head coach. You're going to see it at Nebraska before long with Matt Rule, right? Now, Auburn, it seems, over the last 48 hours has completely botched their situation. Well, yeah, what's, I thought that they would have announced that by now. What's going on? I, I have no idea, but everybody I've talked to said internally this is a disaster oh, on par with figure, everything that's gone down at Auburn over the last three, four years. But again, depending on who Auburn hires... You may want to file that away because Auburn is the one program that could make a legit run at Lewis Carter down the stretch. This has nothing to do with OU. I just laughed at this tweet earlier today. A kid by the name of Trevor Carter, who's currently committed to Cincinnati, tweeted this out. Oh, yeah. He tweeted this out. I am currently still committed to the University of Cincinnati, but my recruitment is 100% open. And he got... De- destroyed on social media today for putting that out. And, like, wait, what? What does that even that, mean? that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we have come to know as an oxymoron in the English language. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, look, one more. I would give my entire paycheck to get a psycho linebacker or edge player. Love Danny Stutzman, but he's too nice and happy for me. Want some mean guys back in charge because the linebacker of this defense makes or breaks Which it. is such a reversal of the narrative from a year ago because I feel like a year ago we were all saying, dude, Danny Stutzman's a psycho. I, he's going to be so good and it's because he's so nuts. I still think that's the case. I just think there's 
there have been growing pains. Yeah, first there, husband. How come there's not been any quarterback development since the Texas game for backup? So, um, <laughs> I was watching it at Legends Pub House and Venue in Chickasha on Saturday, which, by the way, thank you to the Ref Army for showing up uh, in Chickasha on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. But uh, Gabriel takes that shot in the first play in overtime, and the TV cameras pan to the sideline, and Davis Bevel is getting warmed up. And I'm sure that this happened in homes and restaurants and bars across the state of Oklahoma. But I know where I was watching in Chickasha, collectively the bar said, No! Which is so mean. I, I know it's so mean. But we all thought for a split second Davis Bevel was about to go in the game and the place was about to completely melt down. There was a meltdown happening with OU fans once it looked like they were going to throw Davis Bevel out there. Ugh. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More OU Cruton. We'll talk more about just kind of the overall trajectory of this program and more. Coming up next, keep it locked right here on The Ref. Forget nationwide, the Ref Army is worldwide today. We've got several international listeners listening live on our free app. Just search KREF in the App Store to listen to the Ref wherever you're at on the go. We've got Amsterdam tuned in today, Parker. Osaka, Japan is tuned in today. Loughton, England. Uh, we've got Germany. Several uh, out of uh, out of country, out of the USA uh, listeners today. Houston, Missouri, Clearwater, Florida, uh, Union City, California. Didn't Roy Williams go to high school in Union City, California? Did he? I don't I think know. he did. Okay. Grand Prairie, Texas, home of Rhett Bomar. And uh, our small Oklahoma town of the day, Grove, Oklahoma, which is going to be in your uh, northeast sector of the state. Yes, indeed. I believe it's by Grand, Grand Lake, Lake of the Cherokees. Yep. Thank you to everyone tuned in via our free ref app. Can we get Balfour to sell Utah gear this week? Asked the 918. <laughs> Someone sell it. Yeah, Balfour. Jerry, Jerry, put some Utah gear in there. Put a Cam Rising jersey for sale. I'll come buy it on Friday. Somebody on the text line said, uh, and I guess we haven't talked about this at all because, well, I guess we don't really talk about this during this hour, but solid performance by the basketball team over the weekend. Any yeah. news regarding Porter Moser filling the coaching vacancy? That's been filled uh, for a minute now. I Doc saw Sattler. Doc Sattler. Uh, yeah, I was paying attention to Doc Sattler. Like, they had uh, you know, a timeout, and you could see Porter Moser and Doc, uh, Doc Sadler kind of having a conversation late in the game. Yeah, that was fun to see. Yeah. Uh, we had a listener say, if our kicker would have made a couple field goals this season, you can move at least two losses in the win column, i.e. last Saturday. Now, I will say, I don't know about all that. You look at the West Virginia game, and you look at the Texas Tech game, I kind of feel the exact same way about both of those games, which is – if Zach Schmidt makes those kicks, West Virginia and Tech probably score a touchdown. Oh, I anyway. think I think like, Tech scores a touchdown. I mean, let's be fair. Like what what led you to believe in Tech's possession that they weren't going to go down and score a touchdown? I know that they didn't, but clearly they were playing for the field goal at that time because the last thing you want to do is throw an interception or turn the ball away. Turn turn the ball over. Tech was definitely playing for a field goal. So, unless they're talking about the Baylor game, the missed field goal right before the half, but I'm not saying that OU was a missed field goal away from winning that game. But you know what? Like, who cares? Like, that's the case for so many teams this year. 
make a kick here or there, you got two more wins. They didn't. I mean, they're they're six and six, and you know what's the old saying is you are what your record says you are. Um, that is absolutely the case for this OU team. They resemble a six and six football team, do they not? Sure, looked like a six and six football team to me this year. They didn't stumble upon this by accident. I, I think this team had some really bad luck at times for sure, but they they look like a six and six squad to me. Not really much better than that. Yeah, I mean, that's what they are. I mean, their refusal yeah. to play complimentary football is just so maddening, man. The defense had played so well the past two weeks, and then it just reverts back to just being not being able to get pressure, tackling, can't cover the deep ball down the field. Finally, the offense gets it back together, but defensively, you just you, you didn't play well. Frustrating year, man. And look, at, at the end of the day, like we've talked about, Bill Parcell's observation, or rather his philosophy that you are what your record says you are holds true in the vast majority of cases now I will say one team for which it didn't hold true last year was Oklahoma because they went 11 and 2 but they were 7 and 0 in one possession games and boy have we seen that thing turn on its head this year because they're 0 and 4 in one possession games which again leads you to believe that though this team may not be elite next year assuming things regress slash progress to the mean they're going to be better than 6-6 six and six because some of those one-possession losses will turn into one-possession wins as this team learns to develop the skill of winning. I hope so. They had it uh, as recent as last year, and I guess they lost it this offseason. I don't know what happened. Would flipping Micah Tease actually improve our class ranking? I believe he's ranked much higher than Anthony Evans, says the text line. He is, um, he is ranked higher than Anthony Evans, correct? And I feel like Travis told me this last week that – Anthony Evans decommitting actually made your average star rating higher in this class, did yes. it not? Yeah. Yes. Which, all that to say, I would still want Anthony Evans because he is a burner. A guy that is one of the fastest players in all the 2023 class. I, I, I would still want Anthony Evans, don't get me wrong. But is Micah Tease ranked higher? Yes, he is, for what it's worth. Make a play here and there, you can win every game, says one listener. Uh, somebody asked, would Levy re-recruit Luke Altmeyer, who just hit the transfer portal at Ole Miss? Uh, I think it would take a departure or two out of Oklahoma's quarterback room in order for that to happen. But, yeah, I can foresee a world in which Levy makes another pass at Luke Altmeyer. And I really like Luke Altmeyer, by the way. Big fan of his skill set. Really liked him coming out of high school. He got thrown into the fire in – was that the Sugar, Sugar Bowl, Bowl last year? Baylor. Yeah. yeah. And obviously didn't have a ton of success, but it was his first experience playing big time college football. So, uh, I, I, what, uh, well, I just got completely sidetracked. The afternoon host on the other station is reporting a rift between Bob and BV. Oh boy, well that's par for the course. Yeah, he also for the afternoon host, not Bob and BV. He uh, he also reported that Jackson Arnold was on flip watch. How is that? How is that currently going? Not very well, I would say. Right. Uh, the processing has already begun at Texas A and M. They've already have a few portal entries. Um, they just yeah, fired. See, that's not processing. That's just dudes getting out. Yeah, true. Uh, they they fired their offensive coordinator today, and we had a question on the text line saying, "Well, A and M beating LSU. Does that change anything with uh, David Hicks?" I I I don't think that that single handedly changes anything for David Hicks and A and M. I mean, he still is committed there. But even with the win, Parker, even though A&M, of all teams, got a top five win this year, 
they still finish at 5-7. and seven. They're not going to go to a bowl game. So it's a nice way or a nicer way to end the season than 4-8, and eight, but they're still not going to a bowl game. It still does not change that A&M season was a complete disaster this year. Which is crazy. A&M season was a complete disaster, and you look up and say, oh, geez, so you only had one more win than they had this year. Jeez. Tyler, uh, I just I, – I, I was just reminded of the fact that A&M put it on LSU this past weekend. Oh, yeah. How did that Multiple happen? scores. How did that happen? Uh, Jaden Daniels got hurt, but, I mean, like, there were four more issues than 38 just 38 points, though. 38 points from that A&M offense. Is that the most they've scored all year long? I'm pretty sure. I don't even think they scored that many against Sam Houston earlier in the year. Sheesh. Like we and we talked what's worse is we talked all week, nay, we talked all month about how Texas A&M was going to cap off their regular season by getting blown out by LSU. I already made plans. April 8th was supposed to be Texas A&M Day next year. Yeah, now it's May 7th. Now it's May 7th, seriously? They scored 20 points against UMass. And I can't wait until I celebrate A&M Day on May 7th. And it's like, well, you guys went 6-6. Six and six. Hopefully 7-6. and six. You guys went 6-6 six and six in the regular season. Yes, but that does not mean I cannot make fun of Texas A&M having a 5-7 and seven year this year. Just wait. Yeah. It's going to uh, be great. By the way, Parker's point about one possession games last year and this year is a good one, but he keeps saying we were 7-0 and oh in those games last year. We were actually 6-1. and one. Yes, my bad on that. You are correct. The OSU loss was indeed a one-possession loss. I may have missed this from you guys, but did Weiss enter the portal or intend to? It's being reported that he's going to. Yes, and he will. He will enter the portal. Uh, if I'm Jackson Arnold, I'm real tired of OU fans and certain reporters. That's from the 405. He's not tired of the ref. He uh, he was on the ref pregame show two times this year. Yeah, he might as well be on our payroll. I, JFA might be an official member of the ref army. I think he's a member of the ref army. Think he'd wear a shirt if we got him one? Uh, I think he'd wear a hat. Didn't did uh, did we get a picture of him in a ref hat? Yeah, we got a picture. Of him yeah, in a he's ref a, hat. yeah he's a member of the he's ref rapping. army. He's ref army for sure. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up locked in coming up next. All right, final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver studios. Ross Dellinger just tweeted, uh, Auburn is finalizing a deal to hire. Is it Hugh Freeze? Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze. Thank you. Why did it take so long? Any more worried about Lewis Carter now? Hugh Freeze doesn't worry me for uh, Lewis Carter. No, no, I wouldn't be all that worried. I think they'll be okay there with that recruitment. Somebody said, I'll bet Parker $660 we don't get Peyton Bowen. I I like that amount. I actually would take that bet, but it feels like a conflict of interest. Like like I said earlier, man, they need another splash in this class before we we get out of here. Um, I definitely think Peyton Bowen would be that. I think David Hicks would be that. Would Tassili Akana count as that with the fan base? Top 100 player. But yeah. I feel like people have been expecting that for so long that the bigger splashes would be Bowen or Hicks for sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I still do think Cecilia Kana ends up a uh, ends up a sooner in the end. But man, I, 
you need that one to drop soon. It feels yeah, like I know. just get 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 people excited, give them something to get up and get excited about. Uh, some listener asked if Dylan Gabriel comes back, do you think he goes through what Jackson Arnold on the sideline with Spencer Rattler went through with Caleb Williams the first time he struggles next year? Man, I, I mean, potentially, yeah, potentially. Because a lot of people have already made up their mind on Dylan Gabriel. And it's going to be hard for Dylan Gabriel to change their mind. That was an interesting comment after the game, wasn't it? He did not seem 100% committed that. And I think that he will be back, but it didn't sound like a guy. I, I don't know. It was just a very weird comment from Dylan Gabriel after the game. I'll play it coming up next hour on The Rush, what he said. But he was basically asked about his future and. He did not have the tone that I thought he was going to have. No, he didn't. It was a very defeated tone, which is understandable. By the way, Theo Weiss, uh, text line is pointing this out. At 241 today, uh, the Crimson and Cream Collective, like they put out a graphic of his picture in it, and he, uh, I guess, well, I, he, he like tweeted that out basically, or retweeted it, whatever. So, interesting. That over an hour ago, it's being reported Had to have that been a Weiss, tweet. Yeah, you would think, right? Had to have been a schedule. You would think, but still interesting nonetheless. Uh, I'll try again in case, I'm, in case I missed it, asks this listener. Does Drake Stoops come back? I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't. I think he will. And I hope he does. I really hope Drake yeah, Stoops comes he, back. He'd be nice. He'd be real nice to have next year, this offense of your Oklahoma, especially with Theo Weiss out the window. And I, I don't think Weiss will be your last wide receiver transfer. No. I will say that. Uh, it, uh, I think priorities A1 and A2 at this point are getting Marvin Mims to come back another year and getting C.J. Colden to come back another year. Because those two guys are guys you are going to need yeah. on either side of the football. By the way, speaking of Jackson Arnold, it's undefeated Denton Geyer versus undefeated South Lake Carroll coming up on Saturday at 2 p.m. So if you need some football in your life that's positive and will bring you some hope and some excitement... Maybe Jackson Arnold and uh, Denton Geyer can do that for you on Saturday as two powerhouse programs in North Texas face off against one another. And hey, maybe Peyton Bowen can get you excited as well. But I heard you say it was uh, was Steely earlier, and I agree with it. It's, you know, we're wanting this shoe to drop so quick or like soon for Peyton Bowen, but if they continue to be in the playoffs, it's probably going to be a signing day thing, man. Or maybe even potentially a little bit after signing day. Like I don't, I don't feel like this decision is imminent. Right when they're in the heat of uh, chasing down a state championship. No, and I, again, at this point, you just have to figure that this thing is going all the way down till signing day. Because with as far as it's already dragged out, it would just make sense. Yeah. Well, what an off season it's going to be, and I think today uh, counts as the first official day of the off season. You already have one portal entry, and there are portal entries all over college football, including Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara, who's currently in there. We'll have more coming up on The Rush. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.